Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Longhorns Unfiltered, coming to you from DKR, Cedric Golden here with Brian Davis, Daniel Davis, and the Doug Kirk Bowles. The Texas Longhorns take a 27-24 win over the Kansas State Wildcats. And BD, you can lay, you can put this under the heading, had to have it. How about those horns tonight? Absolutely. You know, I mean, they, they had to have it after two rough weeks. You know, I, I asked several of the players, you know, it sucks around here after any loss, but the fact you had to stew on it for two weeks, what was the mood? Um, you know, and Kenta Ingram, Malcolm Roach, uh, Devin uh, Duvernay, they all were like, yeah, you know, we have to come out and keep fighting, keep fighting, and keep fighting. That's what Duvernay said, um, you know, to, to get a sixth win. But the bottom line is, like, look, Texas was Texas is still in the Big 12 championship hunt. I know a lot of fans are going to roll their eyes at that. And, yes, they need help along the way, but they are still mathematically in it. Uh, this was a must-win game. They started out. Terrible, capital T E arable. Um, got down fourteen nothing. Kansas State was five for six on on uh, uh, third downs at that point. But you gotta you gotta tip your hat to Todd Orlando because they really stiffened. Um, and because Texas did not allow a third down conversion the rest of the day, so they got it done. And Danny, they're bowl eligible. Where, where are we going for the holidays, dog? I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. I don't care as long as it's not San Antonio. So, <laughs> as long as I don't end up in that third place slot or, I guess, runner up slot if no one gets the cha- the championship, uh, the the playoffs. So, I, I don't care, just not the Alamo Bowl. Duck, uh, they, they, they had to have this game, like I just said. The defense, man, I, I'm, I'm, I've got I've to give Todd Orlando some credit because he looked like. He looked like he was going to have a for sale sign in the in his front yard when he got home, based on what happened early. But they were able to tighten that thing up behind guys like Malcolm Roach. They are, and I'm looking forward to going to San Antonio and watching the Alamo Bowl because I think that may be where they're headed. So, uh, yeah, I mean Todd Orlando for all the crap he's gotten from fans and all of us in the media, deservedly so. I give him credit holding Kansas State to 51 yards rushing. They had 165 yards of offense after that 14 nothing lead. So they were averaging about four yards of play, passing and running. They blitzed a lot more, but they were more effective. They hurried Skyler Thompson, uh, harassed him, and they didn't give up the deep ball other than that 170-yard pass. It was mostly catch and run and a missed tackle. I got to give it up for, for our guy Sam Ellinger. After the four-interception four game in Cowtown, came back 22 of 29, did have one ugly red zone interception, a couple of questionable throws, but he threw a touchdown pass and and piloted his team to a win. He let Keontae Ingram get his, and uh, I think Sam Ellinger showed, showed the kind of leadership they're going to need if they harbor any realistic chances, BD, of playing for another Big 12 championship. Well, to me, that's what was so impressive about the final drive. You know, I, I asked Tom in a postgame about the two-minute drill, and he says, well, there was like six minutes left. It was a little more than that, and, and I had forgotten that, and, and he was right, you know. And If you're going to play keep away like that, it requires – 
skill and patience, right? Nice, easy throws to Duvernay. Ingram had a big run. You managed the clock there at the end, called timeout, use your timeouts, burn it up, and set it up for Dicker. I thought that was pretty good management down the stretch, uh, you know, to, to put it away and not give them the ball again. Danny, when I, when I look at this game, I, I saw the old heads – the Colin Johnsons, the Devin Duvernays, the Malcolm Roaches, the Brandon Jones with that big punt return after he got absolutely torched on that missed tackle early. How important was leadership in getting this win? Because if you had told me after 14 nothing, if you had asked me if they were going to win, I probably would have said no. Yeah, and those four guys you just mentioned, they're all captains, as is Sam Ellinger, as is Zach Shackerford, who played in the offensive line, who played really well in the second half. And if your back is up against the rope or whatever cliche metaphors this team has been using this last week, your seniors have to leave you, lead you. Your captains have to lead you. They're the ones that have to step up. Everyone's going to have to follow their lead, and all six of their captains did so. Those were the six standouts in this game. And you know, Texas needed that. They needed those guys to step up. They're going to need them to step up the rest of the way. Colin and Devin are becoming an incredible one-two punch, kind of the only threats in this receiving game at, the, at this current moment. Sam's doing his thing, and Brandon Jones, after a really bad first quarter, you know, was the leader of this defense and played great on defense and on special teams. Also had a really big force fumble. So across the board, those six captains deserve a lot of praise. Was this senior day today? Was this senior day? Not, not yet. We, we, still, we still have one more game to go. <laughs> it kind of felt like a senior day, did it? Because the big dogs did all the barking when it mattered most of It absolutely did. And to echo what Danny said, I mean, your leaders and seniors is the one you count on, you know, when, when the chips are down. And like they were, this thing could have gone so badly. And it could have really been ugly. If they lose this game, they go to 5-4. and four. They're playing for the Cheez-It Bowl. And, and I like cheese. I like Cheez-Its. I like Cheez-Its, too. I'm a Cheez-It guy as well. But when it comes to bowl games, you like something a little bit better than that. The thing I like, and Colin Johnson, I thought, hit on it. He said, we played complimentary football. They ran the ball. They passed effectively. The defense played well. They didn't give up big plays. They finally looked like a complete team, not an elite, defend, dominant team. But they played a complimentary, balanced team. Well, to me, that look, so much was made about, oh, they're getting these five guys back, you know, right? We didn't even see Jordan Whittington on the field today. Shocked? No, not really. The guy was rusty as all get out. I mean, no, they're not going to throw him out there. I'm, I was still uh, wondering why did they play Roshan Johnson more against TCU. Finally, we got to see him. But, but my thing, to, and to hit on what Danny and Kirk have said, if your stars aren't stars, you're not going to win anything. In college, and the fact that you guys listed off, rattled off all the team captains, and the team captains have to—they have to be stars. They have to be leaders. And if they're not doing that, you're going to have a lot of problems. And the fact that Brandon Jones, perfect example, bounced back um, after getting after getting burned on that opening touchdown, forced a fumble, had a big punt return, and played solid overall. I mean, you got to have that. You got to have that said, or you know, forget the cheese bowl. You're going to the no bowl. I have to petition the table here. Tom said one word that just he just kept saying it when he when when he came out and sat in front of us. Misinformation, misinformation. Uh, he's uh, he's saying it was printed, so I guess that was the written word by someone. What do you make, BD, of the misinformation that he spoke of, and why do you think he thought it prudent to say it after such a big win? Well, I mean, he, what he's mad about is this. 
if, you know, you you can call it disinformation. I don't know what you want to label it, but but he doesn't like all of the uh, the message board stuff about how well this team is in turmoil and and this team is uh, upheaval and the locker room is in strife. You know, Tom has mentioned it twice this past week that he said, "I hate it when guys play the game of telephone." You know, uh, the player X calls someone who then calls five other people, and then it it morphs into, oh, this guy's miserable and wants to leave. And yes, now that said, two players have quit the team and two guys have decommitted. So Tom can't just completely blow it off because you've you've had four guys back away from this program. But I I and Danny, you want to hear your thoughts? But I just think this idea that that locker room is in chaos is I don't think that's right. I don't care. You know, if Tom wants to make us the bad guys, knock yourself out. There's enough people that hate the media. There's enough people. We are the bad guys, Daniel. You can, go through any, you can go through any of our mentions, and people will hate us for our picks. People will hate me for saying Matthew McConaughey is a C-list celebrity. C-list, people, C, C. People will hate. I will see that as maybe correct. People, people will find reasons to hate the media. So if Tom Herman wants to use this as a rallying cry for, for his guys, Knock themselves out. As long as it keeps us from going to the Alamo Bowl, I don't care. Come on. Come on. Oh, that boy's a one-trick pony. I just don't get it. I mean, I'm showered with love on my Twitter messages, my emails. I get nothing but love. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Let me say this. One of the best things about this is that Texas season is still relevant. Yes. Okay? Yes. It was, it again, it was, they are relevant. They are not the front runners, but they are in the Big 12 race. And now they've got a route, I suppose, for the Sooners yes. to beat Baylor because you want a Baylor to drop one, and then Texas fans hope the Longhorns can beat Baylor and get Baylor. tied with them and beat Baylor. them head to head. They're just going to find a way to lose so. by themselves. They don't need Oklahoma <laughs> to do it for them. I'm, I'm not going to listen to this hate on Baylor. Keep going, Doug. Well, and, 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 and that's going to be a really good game. Uh, you know, I'll be at Baylor OU next week when you guys are all in beautiful Ames, Iowa. And, and that's going to be a tough game, too. I mean, that's a hard place for Texas to play. And we see they haven't always handled prosperity all that well. No, they haven't. And, uh, Five and four would have been a nightmare, not only for the fan base and for the team, but for people like us that cover the team. It takes a lot of the the sap out of the season. There's still there's still some drama left in this Big Twelve season, and to me that that that's going to keep us in the chips, keep us having fun, and the fan base is reignited. Wasn't a great win, but it was a win. And they don't have to be impressive. They're not going to be in the CFP, so style points don't matter anymore. They just need to win ball games. What do you think the the tenor is of this team now, BD, as we finish this up going into that big uh, road game against Iowa State? Well, you, you guys are absolutely right. The team is still relevant, right? Now, everybody... Uh, us, fans, coaches, players, everybody, now you have a kind of a, a, a boost in your step a little bit. You're like, okay, you know, let's see if Texas can go to Ames and, and make it happen as opposed to, oh, God, now they got to go to Ames. Oh, God. Right? There's a huge difference mm-hmm. in that. And now, hey, you, you kind of strategize it out on paper. You war game it out. Hey, maybe they win at Ames. Maybe they can get Baylor, you know. So it, it, today was a massive fork-in-the-road moment and Texas ended up on the right side of it, and now they've got a uh, an interesting November still ahead. Yeah, next week's going to be interesting. Uh, as Kirk says, Iowa State team's going to be 
you know, they're going to be, t- you know, they're g- it's going to be a good test. They're not going to lay down. It's going to be a good game. You know, we'll be there. That Matthew McConaughey will. And uh, this, uh, we'll see, we'll see a lot about this Texas team, about how they, you know, if they can keep the momentum going. Well, they, they've been a mixed bag on the road. They beat a bad Rice team on the road and a bad West Virginia team on the road. They didn't perform well at all at the neutral site, Dallas for Oklahoma, and they pretty much laid an egg in Fort Worth. So, that, you know, they've got some reckoning to do on the road, and that's their next big challenge, to prove they're on the road. I think most of us thought they weren't going to run the table. We thought they'd probably going to win their two home games. They have Texas Tech left Thanksgiving week, and they have the two road games. So, you know, we'll see how real they are Saturday night. It's going to be cold, so bundle up, everybody. <laughs> well, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> The Texas Longhorns take a 27-24 win over Kansas State. They are now 6-3 and and 4-2 and in the Big 12. The Horns are still breathing. This has been Longhorns Unfiltered. Check our stuff out on hook'em.com.